0: It's a common misconception that therapists have their shit together and all our relationships are perfect.
1: Which is total bullshit.
0: I'm Vanessa Bennett, licensed therapist. I'm
1: John Kim, licensed therapist.
0: And this is our story.
1: All right, episode two. Here we go. We're doing it.
0: Uh, I apologize for the sound of crickets in the background. If you can hear this, it's making me as crazy as it's probably making you.
1: told you, you can't hear crickets. You can't hear anything. That's the point of those mics. They're, they're expensive mics.
0: Okay.
1: Speaking of, um, I gave Vanessa the garage slash studio so her voice can uh, sound amazing. And I'm, I'm in the other office on a $9 microphone.
0: And your voice still sounds amazing. The Vietnam, no, I'm a $9 microphone,
1: I guess. Anyway, last night uh, we wanted uh, breakfast for dinner, which is actually kind of my thing. And we wanted a tuna melt and
0: which is my thing,
1: which is her thing. And we said, oh, those are um, after sex foods. So if we're going to get these, and I think it was like 8 p.m., which was which is really late for us because we're parents. And I, I said, oh. Or or she said, if we're going to get these, well, then, then we have to um, have sex. And um, the other thing that happened was our water heater broke. And so in order to – she didn't shower yet, so she had to then shower, which meant we had to heat up water in pots so <laughs> she could take a bath.
0: Straight up lost um, in the prairie.
1: Yes. So then – so what we did was we – had a plan where I was going to get the food, the after sex food while, um, she boils water, makes two runs, which is going to equal four pots of water for her to take a bath and then be out by the time I'm done. And then we will, uh, get intimate. And then after the intimacy, then we will enjoy the, um, tuna melt and breakfast for dinner. Um, And so that's, that's what we did. But what's interesting is it, it all, it, it all hangs on the food.
0: Mm, Yeah. I I was (laughs) going to say what's interesting is that you actually gave me credit that I was the one that initiated that.
1: Why would I not give you credit?
0: I don't know. You say they a lot or we, but it was me.
1: (laughs) That initiated what the, the sex. Yeah. Hey, speaking of sex, um, is there a better way? to get your family to not listen to this podcast than this sentence. Uh, 9.30 a.m. on a Tuesday, you gave me a handjob.
0: <laughs> is it? I'm like trying to think. I'm like, I did?
1: <laughs> well, you, oh, that's, that's hurtful, first of all. Uh, <laughs> yes, you did. And hopefully your family has now scattered. No one is, they are not listening to this Um. But I had, there's a point there. But going back to what you were saying, uh, you initiated it. I feel like it's loaded. Why did you say that? Because because you say, well, you use they. Meaning like I don't give you credit, sounds like.
0: Uh, no, meaning a lot of times I feel from you like you don't give me credit for the initiations that I do do. Yeah. And I hear a lot of like... I don't do it enough or it's not enough for you, but I do feel like I do. So sometimes when I actually do, I just like, hearing you give me credit for it.
1: Absolutely. I think that's fair. Did you initiate because you felt like he wants this or did you initiate because you wanted it? And it's okay to be honest because we already did it. So
0: No, I wanted it, but also it just seemed fun. It seemed reminiscent of our pre-child days when we would- Have
1: sex and then go to the diner. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate you initiating it. I'm glad. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Going back to the hand job, um, (laughs) I also appreciate um, that you did that at 9:30 a.m. Meaning, you know, because no, there really is a gift there, like um, that you uh, that you gave me that. I guess at that time that it was spontaneous wasn't planned
0: yeah spontaneity that i can see. that's the gift
1: yeah because um you know so i used to think when when uh young parents would say stuff like oh you know the, the whole scheduling section and all that um i i always told myself that's never gonna happen to me that's so robotic and it's so lame and now that we have an eight month old um I'm realizing like there's no option. You have to schedule everything or nothing happens. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. That's my life now.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so even, and so because of that, I, I um I appreciate uh, spontaneity. I appreciate something like that uh, on a Tuesday at 930
0: AM. You're welcome.
1: Hey, one thing that scares me about this project slash mm-hmm. podcast is I'm scared that, you know when a couple has conflict, they'll say, "We'll save it for the uh, therapist, save it for the couple session." So I'm it's almost like, like we don't save trust- it for
0: the podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's like you almost don't trust yourself to talk about it. So there's, you save it for the therapist, like you need a mediator. And so throughout the week, there's a lot of stuff that's unsaid, and, and then when they go in the therapy room, it's all unloaded. Um, what if this podcast becomes that? We just save it and then we turn the mics on and then we unload.
0: I mean. I'm somebody who tends to save it anyway and tries my best to, to undo that pattern. So, um, I feel like I'll be very conscious of that happening.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a double-edged sword because if you do save it for the podcast, I think as an, as an artist, I think the content would be great yeah, and it'd be pure at the same time, our personal lives won't <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yes, yeah, so no, I guess it depends on if we resolve whatever we're trying to figure out in the podcast, because if we resolve it, we're going to come out of our separate rooms where, we're, where we are recording and it's going to be great.
1: Yes, but then there's going to be a dependency or a rhythm, a pattern of instead of talking face to face, we are now communicating through the microphone.
0: Do you think that couples therapy becomes a dependency?
1: It can. Absolutely. Don't you think?
0: Yeah, it can. I mean, I I'm not going to say that out the gate. It definitely is not out the gate. But I I've seen it with some clients where it definitely becomes, it, it becomes the only time and place to your point that they actually address things.
1: Speaking of couples therapy, Uh, so we only we we went once.
0: Yeah. Well, not like
1: one long session, but but literally one session. It wasn't like a a duration.
0: No, we went one session and. It's something that I've actually really wanted to do again because I think it's super important. Um, even new couples, I think it's important to kind of touch base and and do it every once in a while to just make sure you guys are on the same page.
1: I'm definitely the therapist who um says, Yes, you should see a therapist. Yes, you should see a couple therapists, especially if there are no problems, um, but who never practices what he preaches.
0: And I am the opposite. I am the the therapist who I was in my own therapy for years and years and years and only just took time off because of a baby and I plan on going back and will be in it for years and years because I yeah, love it.
1: Yeah, that is true. You you have always seen a therapist. Um, I wonder if that makes me a fraud.
0: Mm, no, it doesn't make you a fraud. I mean, I think there's okay, here we go. I think there's fear in that.
1: I I think it's laziness. I don't think it's fear. You really think it's fear?
0: I think some of it might be, I think it would be a little unconscious, but yeah, I mean, you know, especially because there's been times where I've pushed you to go towards somebody who's a little bit more depth oriented, um, you know, and it's not like fast paced enough for you. And so it's hard for you to just kind of like get in and do the kind of like deep depthy work. Um, I could see there being a little bit of fear in it.
1: So I did see a therapist, uh, someone you recommended who, uh, you only went th- a couple of th- times. Uh, yeah, I went a handful of times and it, it didn't, um, I mean, it was okay. It wasn't bad, hmm. but I think, um, I mean, I would love to do more depth work. Absolutely. I think it's good for me.
0: Yeah, I agree. So
1: do you remember what the couple, why did we go? Cause it, you wanted to go and we were obviously, we had gotten to a fight, but what, I don't remember what it was about.
0: Um, it was about the, one of the same arguments slash kind of patterns cycles that we have been in since we started dating. Um, it's this buildup of you don't feel loved by me because I struggle to give you love in you know, your um, love language or I, I don't show it in the way you need it to be shown. And so then there's this buildup of you feeling unloved by me um, me feeling like I'm actually doing more than you're giving me credit for, mm. which is funny that you went there because this is actually what I said. Thank you for when we first started talking.
1: Yeah. Thank um, you for the um, the um, acknowledgement that you initiated um, sex. Mm
0: hmm. And because sometimes I feel like I need to stop you and actually like slow you down and make you kind of like, I mean, you can't look me in the eye right now, but make you look me in the eye and actually say the acknowledgement out loud because otherwise I feel like it gets lost a lot of times. Yeah. Um, but that's basically the cycle. And then you come to me feeling unloved and I'm left feeling not good enough because that's my wounding. And it got to that cycle again, which I think it's been like every six months or so since we started dating. And at the time I was, I don't know eight months pregnant. And, what was um, it
1: that what was it that broke the the uh, camels? Because I remember you were saying, Okay, I, I want to go see a, a couple therapists talk about this.
0: Um, probably because I was uber pregnant. And I, I was just done. I was over it. I, I didn't want to have this conversation anymore. Without somebody else in the room that could help make sense of it.
1: No, right. Better. But was it because did I like say that I don't feel desired? Like what sparked it? I, I mean, I guess it doesn't matter.
0: Well, yeah, it was what sparked every other time. It's just that what I just said. It's that feeling of like you coming to me and saying in some other form <clears throat> each time you've done it where it's been like, I, yeah, I don't feel desired or, um, you know, I don't know. You're not giving me enough. Those are my words, but that's what it translates to me.
1: And do you think um, a lot of that is because we speak different love languages?
0: I think oh, no. that's that's part of uh, it. part of it but I don't think that's all that I think it's a lot of different things I think it's love language plus attachment styles plus um the like addict coda dynamic plus the uh youngest oldest birth order dynamic I think there's literally I think every part of our stories play into this topic that we seem to revisit every 6 months and also I'd like to say that for me it actually made it much um not easier, Uh, made me feel better about it after hearing or maybe reading um, the Gottmans. If you guys don't know them, they're like kind of the gurus in the the relationship space. The Gottmans talk about how there is always going to be at least one topic, fight, argument, disagreement, whatever you want to call it, that's never going to go away. Mm. You're always going to have the same issue. And Basically, your um, your point in being together is not going to be to resolve the issue, but to essentially hold each other in the space, you know, of of trust and understanding. When the issue comes back up again, um, do your best not to get defensive. Uh, talk through maybe the last time it came up, how you resolved it, or how you came to an agreement, you know, in that time, um, and then almost like agree to disagree, realizing that it's probably going to come back around again.
1: Yeah. I mean, usually things that are pushed down, they float back up. It's just, uh, I mean, it's almost a law. Speaking of Gottman, one of my David Letterman moments was uh, being on the same marquee as John Gottman. Remember that in the book tour? Mm-hmm.
0: I do. We took a picture of that because it was awesome.
1: Yeah. Uh, he's someone that we, if you went to therapy school, you definitely studied him. And one of the things that I um, pull from him is the, the six second kiss, which we can, we can get into later, but going back to what you're saying, uh do you think that now and it's been what? So that was uh probably two year, no a year and a half ago? About a year well, ago. I
0: was I was eight months pregnant, so yeah, about a year ago.
1: Has anything changed or do you see uh the pattern still as far as um I guess um, the pattern is me, me um either complaining or saying that I don't feel what desired or loved in the way that and then and then you feeling like you're not doing enough bad pattern.
0: Yeah. I mean, we had the conversation, I don't know, maybe a month or two ago. I it usually, like I said, it's been about every six months, but this was maybe, this was like maybe eight or 10 this last round.
1: Has having a baby changed the dynamic of our relationship?
0: I mean, how could it not? Right. I mean, right. Like it's normal for it to change the dynamic. And I think it would be silly for us to expect it not to. Um
1: wait a minute, but I don't feel like I have um expressed any kind of frustration or I mean, I just said twenty minutes ago on this podcast the um the nine AM Tuesday morning hand thing.
0: Yeah, and I and I said and I appreciated you acknowledging. I mean Yeah. The thing and is, I, I is think even, even, acknowledge- the,
1: even then, you know, I, I actually didn't after we fin after you finished or after I, after I finished, didn't I say to you, um, I really appreciated that like sincerely and not no. because it, not because it was not because it was you taking care of me, but it was just, you um,
0: always acknowledge it. It's just that when you, this is my take on it. When you're, um, I don't know, when you get into a headspace where things start to build up, um, it's not just about me. I can see it kind of coming over you a little bit like a cloud, uh, whether you're stressed out about other things, whether you're feeling down, you kind of get into a low place, whatever it is, um, those acknowledgements or or the times that have actually happened um, tend to almost get forgotten about. And that's my that's mm-hmm. my experience of it my opinion of it
1: yeah um and if you don't know our story uh when when we talk about difference in love languages um i i think that i have um received and given love defining it by like you know um uh i jumping into my my like if if me coming home you know and then and then her jumping into my arms and notes and the you know like dirty talk and it's not called dirty talk what is it called <laughs> dirty talk sounds makes me sound like I'm really old
0: I mean just own it it's fine <laughs>
1: <laughs> all of that stuff right which is um um which is which is very different than than say Vanessa's love language, which is more acts of service. Speaking of acts of service, just an hour ago, I was uh, boiling water and pouring it into her bathtub because our uh, water heater is still broken. And I told her I felt like I was in uh, Korea in the 1800s. My mom used to carry uh, pails of water to her village and I felt like that, but that was an example of me doing acts of service. Mm
0: -hmm. Awesome, I appreciated that.
1: Yeah, so um, because we speak different love languages, one of our patterns in our relationship is that I feel I think early on, I think I said the word undesired, right? I didn't feel desired because the way that you love me is uh, different than my expectation or what I'm used to. And so m- me expressing that I feel undesired or unloved uh, then may- may- makes Vanessa feel um, like she's not doing her best or she's not being the girlfriend or whatever, right?
0: Yeah. So your love language is words of affirmation. I mean, that's your first, your first one. Um, we actually do share our second one, which is touch, but your first one is, love that is um, words of information. And that's very difficult for me. I don't do well with words. Um, they make me really uncomfortable. Um, and so it's a struggle for me. I have to really dig deep and, um, do my best to say whatever I'm feeling, even if it makes me feel really dumb and uncomfortable and embarrassed and all the things that it brings up. Um, and for me, because I've, been the caretaker of my entire life. Showing you that I love you is done through taking care of you, um, doing things that I deem taking care of you. And so when I get told that I, you know, you feel undesired or whatever, that to like you just said, that just makes me feel like I'm not doing enough or that I am not enough.
1: Right. Which which is going to cause a reaction in you, and then of course that reaction is going to cause a reaction in me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, usually, I,
1: well, usually your reaction is to pull away since you're an avoidant.
0: Yeah, I mean, and then
1: totally. if you pull away, then I pull away.
0: Yeah, I mean, my reaction is usually to pull away. I mean, I I feel like I've done a lot of work around that in the last few years, and um, but I I do feel like for some reason this this cycle that that you and I tend to kind of touch base on every, every, however long, um, definitely brings that back up in me. And I find myself, my initial reaction, I find myself pulling away and kind of doing the like hands in the air. Um, I'm done. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to feel this way anymore. Actually, I remember, I, I remember saying to you in that time when we went to couple therapy, I remember saying to you, um, I can't keep having this conversation. Like, I, I don't want to have this conversation again. Um, you know, maybe you should find somebody who, who makes you feel loved. I remember really meaning
1: it, actually. it. Didn't you also say, um, oh, wait, hold on. Wait a minute. What do you mean? You really meant it. So are you saying that in that moment you're done with the relationship?
0: Yeah, but that's what avoidance do.
1: I don't think I heard that because if I heard that, you know, the ego and the other side of me would have been like, okay, then, then we're, this is not going to work.
0: Maybe, but I, here's your eight and a half month pregnant girlfriend too, sitting in front of you crying. So I would like to believe that maybe your ego wouldn't have taken over too much, but. Um,
1: well, didn't because I'm still here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> fair.
1: Hey, you also said, and I think it was later, I remember you also saying, um, and I think this was more recently, do you need to have sex with other people?
0: Yeah, I did say that. I mean, we, we had a conversation around, just different kinds of relationships, right? And like open relationships, and you know, just all the different variations on relationship, right? Monogamy only being one kind of relationship. And um, I was very kind of open to this idea of you are a more sexual person than I am, um, and would you want to do that? Or would that be something that would be interested to, interesting to you? Um, and would that essentially help scratch that itch so that you weren't kind of in this concert feeling like
1: you weren't getting enough from me yeah and that's i think that's a whole different conversation slash episode um because it's a lengthy conversation but i also think that would be it would only um what what is it called it would only uh open up pandora's box Mm -hmm. i think because if you're gonna go and if you want, if you're gonna do open relationships because you feel like you need more sex, that's not probably that's not gonna work. I, usually, people that do stuff like that have a really like their relationships really strong and solid, and it's not because they want more sex.
0: I don't know. I, I think I disagree. I think that the best way to do it would be is if it's just for sex. I think if you're looking for something else, more like fulfilling or like intimacy related then i think that's where it gets tricky i mean again this is me speaking as somebody who's only really ever have anonymous relationships right i mean there are plenty of people polyamorous, amorous whatever who who have multiple loving relationships and i just said to you the other day that i do believe you can be in love with one more than one person at, at a time yeah um but i do think that that would be trickier for the vast majority of people out there um to me that would be trickier than just doing it for sex
1: well, I've only been in monogamous relationships. I've been a serial monogamous, and um, I think my my uh, I, I don't know. I mean, of course, there's a fantasy of it, but I think that it's kind of like the whole thing with threesomes. You know, there's um, a fantasy of what a threesome would be like that you play in your head, but then when you actually have one, usually, and from what I hear, it's awkward or weird or someone feels left out. It's not the fantasy that you play in your head, and I, I have a feeling with. Um, open relationships, uh, maybe it's like that too. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I've always kind of thought it was interesting or toyed with it, but um, never, also never actually acted on them.
1: Yeah, and this, we, we could talk about it later uh, at a different episode, but I, I don't know. And this was always my thing is if you are in an open relationship, isn't there a chance that if you're just physical with someone that you could also end up falling in love with them? Like, like, like this idea that you can't separate sex all the time from emotion.
0: Yeah, of course that's. I mean, that's always a possibility. But that's, and this is where you and I have had this conversation, this argument, where it's like, I think that that possibility is there all the time, anyway. Um,
1: No. Yeah. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Yeah, but the, no, like it's not there. It, it's not there all the time because you're not sleeping with someone. Now, it, it is there all the time in that as we go throughout uh, uh, throughout our day, we can find people attractive, of course. but if we actually are uh, physically intimate with, with that person, the chances of you um, falling in love with that person or or, or catching feelings w- is exponentially higher than just finding someone attractive.
0: Yeah, it can be. I think so. I mean, I, <laughs> I think, again, unless you're an avoidant, <laughs> maybe maybe I'm pulling from that side when I, when I don't think it's as big of a risk as you do. But, I mean, you know, we have different paths in that, too, like we've talked about. I mean, I... I think for a very long time i was very i was able to separate it um pretty clearly down the line i mean but that was also when i was younger who knows what happened now right
1: yeah and i also don't know if i have if i'm secure enough where um i would feel in not intimidated but i would feel like you're getting better sex with someone else or you're you're more sexually attracted to someone else And so then, our relationship just becomes more logistical, or you're choosing to love me because um, I make sense, or because you know I'm the uh, father of your baby, or you know these things. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know where to take that one. I, I. I. I don't know. I'm still open to it. I think this is just one of those things that you just continue to come back to and have conversations with over and over and over again. And either at some point you just decide, no, this is never gonna work for us, or at some point you decide that you're gonna try something out. I don't
1: know. Yeah. So going back to us and this pattern, um, I thought or I think that uh, it's actually gotten better. And then I haven't, well, this, this pattern hasn't come up. But do you disagree?
0: Uh, well, it came up pretty recently. I mean, it came up maybe just a few weeks ago or a month ago or something. But
1: um, when? I- wait, 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 when? What did I say?
0: Oh, man, you're making me pull in the past. Um, I don't remember. I mean, it started. Here's the thing. For somebody like me who is or at least was or raised uh, massively codependent, um, it really only takes you coming in and sitting down for me to completely, without even question, know what's going on for you and where the conversation's going. So it's a felt sense for me. I know exactly what's going to happen before you say it. Um, and I remember very clearly about a month ago, or maybe it was a little bit longer ago, um, this conversation coming back up again, and it doesn't always look the same. I mean, this one looked and felt a little bit different, but it is this kind of like, um, I don't know. You have this kind of like gloomy. Oh, I remember because we were talking about, I I remember saying to you that, the ebb and flow, the contraction and expansion of relationships, is completely normal. And you having a, you have a really hard time, in my opinion, with that concept. You have a hard time with the concept that it's super normal for couples to be like all into each other, physical, whatever, and then it to kind of go, you know, dark for a while, and then for it to come back and then go dark, um, and. Because I, I specifically remember saying to you that expansion contraction is a normal part of relationships, and you struggling with that. So, um,
1: yes, but dark dark is an ebb and flow. Dark is yeah. dark is on the other side.
0: Well, I mean, maybe I use the wrong word, but I mean, going dark as in like I'm thinking of like the analogy of a TV show, right? It's like like going dark as in like you know you're in between seasons. It's not going dark like it's never going to come back from death. I didn't mean it like that, but. Expansion, contraction, ebb and flow, that to me feels normal. Um, And for you, at least in my experience of this topic, it feels like if we get to a place where there is an ebb that is a little bit too long, I'm hypersensitive to your feeling of it being too long. And so I can feel it in you. I can sense it in you. Um, And I think sometimes that's when my codependency kicks in. And I probably will do things or say things that are more for your sake than mine.
1: So if you feel that, but you don't express it, then I have no idea. And I think that our patterns are um, broken or dissolving. But in your mind, you feel it and you realize, oh, here we go again. Um, But if you don't express it, then you're, um, you're on a different wavelength. You're seeing the relationship differently than I am.
0: Yeah, I guess my question would be to you, how do you put something like that into words when it's, it's a very like felt sense. Um, And I'm not always entirely sure how to actually put it into words. Um, Most of the time, I think my...
1: because it might not even be that it might be that I'm gloomy or heavy and it has nothing to do with even you, maybe it has to do with you know something else or a project or you know something completely different it had nothing to do with uh, intimacy,
0: yeah, no, I mean i don't i I've, I've I've gotten better at not taking every single mood personally, another code trait, um but this one is just different, this one feels different. I don't know how to describe it. Well, I can gen- I can generally feel it, I think, before you say it.
1: Also, the reason why it's a little confusing to me is because I feel like in the last two months, um, my uh, sex drive has gone down significantly. Like I haven't, and it's just, it has nothing to do with anything. It just, I haven't really been wanting.
0: I feel like you say that. Um, in the same way that you always say that you don't want sweets or that you're full, even though you always end up eating more.
1: <laughs> you can't tell. In the, okay, so the, forget the two months. You can't tell in the last, say, three weeks that I haven't been um, that sexual or it hasn't, you know, like that I haven't been putting pressure. or that, There was one time, and this is like a, a first with us, that I actually turned it down. Remember? I had a headache or something or or something happened where I was like, you've turned it
0: down in the past, but usually I just move forward anyway, because I know, like I said, similar to I'm not hungry or I'm really full or I'm stuffed that you're not. And you actually will eat.
1: (laughs) Well, that could also be called sexual assault.
0: (laughs) I just, I know you. And like I said, you say you're full, but you're not.
1: This yeah but you know, you but here's here's mind. the problem with that i I don't want you to move forward for me so you make everything okay. Do you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. i do know what you're even saying. though there's a gift in that, even though that's selfless
0: i mean i I do know what you're saying, and I'm very aware of the unhealthy uh dysfunction in that and the pattern has been that you are more sexual than I am. So if I said no or didn't initiate, um, even sometimes when maybe I don't really want to, but like, and look, I know I'm not the only one that does this. I I know plenty of women. have had multiple conversations, especially with women who do this. If I didn't initiate and move forward with it when I was like, I don't know, maybe like, 30% 30% in the mood or like 40% in the mood and I knew that I could like get in the mood if I just like did it or like put myself in it, um, we would be in that dynamic all the time.
1: That's not true.
0: It is true.
1: So then, so you're saying that most of the time.
0: No, I didn't say most.
1: A lot of times. You <laughs> I are, didn't say a lot. Many, I'm just saying
0: sometimes. Many times- <laughs>
1: Well, well, no, that's important. Is it sometimes or is it many times? Because it's sometimes and it's not that big of a deal, but because we all, and even men, you know, we sure. all um, at some point say, oh, okay, we'll just do this because, you know, uh, our partner is, is is horny or wants to feel loved or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's, so if it's sometimes, that's kind of normal. If it's many times or most times, then that's a problem, you know? No,
0: it's sometimes. I, I think it's sometimes. I mean, look, it, we have a baby. And so, you know, I have said to you that, the nighttime is hard for me. Like I'm fucking exhausted, right? Like I've had a baby all day. So, um, I would say if we're talking about nighttime. It's, it's probably 40% of the time. If we're talking about daytime initiation, then it's probably only like 20% of the time.
1: See, that's another thing that someone needs to either, um, create a theory about or write a book about, which is, um, at when are you wanting to be intimate? You know? So Vanessa, it's in during the day, which is (laughs) weird for me, it's at night. And so, those don't line up.
0: God, I'm just so tired by the time the, the night comes. I mean,
1: <laughs> who wants to have sex at the, the noon? Unless it's me.
0: <laughs> that's,
1: well, there's a lot of um, Amazon packages and mailman and UPS guys that come around that time, so
0: well, I got to make sure we're I'm. Lying. talking about open relationships, so
1: that's kind of gross. <laughs> I mean, what? okay, that that's why so I see the fantasy. I know in I know
0: very, very clearly, actually, and if Danae is listening right now, she'll know who I'm talking about, but there is a particular yeah. mailman that I'm just saying.
1: Jesus. <laughs> I see the fantasy of that. That sounds like a setup for a porn scene. Um, mailman comes knocking on the pool guy, you know, that whole or maybe for the for yeah, the guy. The guy brings
0: me his package. Come on. So easy. Oh. You're the
1: screenwriter. <laughs> anyway, um, I you know. I think the the um, the thing for me, or the and and maybe I should put it in my revelations part of the segment of the this podcast is. Um, I thought that pattern has dissolved. And I thought that in the last month or two that I've actually um, really not put much pressure at all because I haven't been that sexual.
0: Think you put pressure? I think I don't have put this in the words. I don't think you put pressure. I think that you actually try really hard not to put pressure until all of a sudden, for some reason internally for you, it's like a bubble over, and then you you it's like a finger snap. All of a sudden, you're in like a pouty weird space with it.
1: Yeah. So I'm kind of um, I'm I'm basically bipolar.
0: I mean. Yeah, not to minimize out that, that very heavy term, but yes, it, it feels a little bit Dr. Rebecca Mr. Hyde.
1: Yeah. Which I admit I have that tendency. I thought um and I know I I'm 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 not uh, trying to make light of it. I actually thought I I had a um a mild mild form of bipolar. I thought my dad was, you know, my dad mm-hmm. uh he was an alcoholic who what he either came home with the energy that he won the lottery, even though he didn't, right? Uh, was grateful and happy. And 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 when he was happy, he was the funniest, most jovial, raunchy, inappropriate in a good way, just like like amazing dad. Or he would think the sky was falling and he would put his heaviness and we have dead, and how are we gonna eat how are we gonna eat? Basically, uh, he would put all that kind of like. Without him, probably, you know, didn't come from his heart. There's just lack of tools that would he would put that onto his kids. And so I grew up like that, but I also um, am very different than my brother, who's not like that. I'm also um, very, uh, I maneuver in extremes. So I have moments of gratitude. And like, I was just telling, um, I was just telling you how like these days have been the happiest of my life, right? um but then I have days where I kind of go dark where I get almost depressed and um even just pulling back it's not, it's not just a sexual thing just in general about life uh sometimes I um it's not that I can't get out of bed but I I go through these highs and lows um a lot more than you do that's just my wiring I don't know if it's my wiring or if it's, you know I don't think it's bad enough where I need medication obviously but it's there—an element of it yeah
0: I mean I, I don't know because I'm I'm so even keel almost to a fault. Um, I think that that pattern is hard for me because I do tend to personalize, but I mean, you're not the first person I've dated that has that tendency. I mean, every guy I've ever been in a serious relationship with has had that exact same patterning and wiring. So um, there's obviously something about it that my unconscious is very drawn to, even if it's so opposite of my makeup that it makes me horribly uncomfortable
1: yeah but you also I think you also get a bad rap, uh, because when you just said you're even keel, uh that's one of the the contributing factors of why I don't feel desired sometimes, because it doesn't mean that you don't desire me, it's because you're not high or low or higher, like it's because you're, you know, remember, um, and the example I use is obviously exaggerated, but you, uh, me coming home and you, you know, jumping on me with your legs wrapped around me, like that whole thing. Um, I don't know where that, that came from, but, uh, that's not you. It doesn't mean that you, you're not happy to see me, but that's not how you express that you're happy to see me. It's more of maybe a, a smile and a hug or whatever, but it's, you're not going to uh, run across the room and, and tackle me and i I think, because of that even keelness that I interpret that is oh you're you don't desire me or you're not into me or are you okay like that you know that'll
0: right, and that is exactly now that now that you say that I remember that is how the last one of these conversations happened. so it was about six weeks ago, and that's exactly how it happened. So you came home from being gone and I was in the middle of doing something or I was like with the baby, something was going on, and you came in and I asked you a question or something, but it was like very logistical. And I went to the back room and I was working and then you came in and started asking me if anything was wrong. And I was like, what are you talking about? No, it's fine. And then that night you, you said, um, you didn't even acknowledge me. You didn't even acknowledge me. I came in the door. You didn't even acknowledge me. And that was where that conversation.
1: Oh, well, yes. I remember now, um, you didn't even look at me. That's I what did. I had a problem with.
0: I did, but it wasn't the kind of grading that you, I think, anticipated or needed in that moment and so I think for you it kind of it sparked um, something you
1: know. No so I remember that very clearly it had nothing to do with sex or intimacy Um, I just came home and I think you walked past me and you didn't even like you didn't even acknowledge that I I entered the room that's and I was kind of uh, I was I guess you could say hurt by that but it was almost like a um, like it was like very disrespectful almost. Not in a, in a disrespectful in that, like, oh, I, I'm like, I, I come home come home and you need to, you know, acknowledge that I enter the room. But just as a per like a human being, kind of I, it, I felt like even just a look or a nod, but you just kind of walk by, I felt like a ghost. And so that's what, how that happened. But it so had, this, that had nothing this, to do with sex.
0: But see, this is interesting because I think this is where people hearing this can can take something from this moment because we experience things our Perception of reality can be different than somebody else's perception of reality. Sure, sure. Because if I were to think back on that, when you came in, I made a comment to you that was very logistical. I'm not gonna say it wasn't. It was something about the baby or something about, I don't know what it was. It definitely wasn't like, oh my God, you're home. It was something logistical. But I do remember saying something to you before going into the back room. Um, I don't know what it was, but I know I said something. So my memory of or my reality is very different than your reality, because your reality, I didn't even look at you and walk right past you. And my reality, I definitely wasn't like warm and fuzzy, but I definitely said something to you. I acknowledged you in some way.
1: See, but if it was logistical with me, I don't count that.
0: Well, but that's different. You can't say you didn't even look at me. I felt like a ghost. You walked right by me because then that's not true.
1: No, I remember clearly what you walked right by me. And then you then you may have said something like turn back. And if you had your ear, ear pods in, then that's totally fair. Um, but, you know, you're probably thinking you're probably just in your head and you just. And so then I I can I remember thinking, oh, she must be mad. There must be something wrong because there's no way that she's just going to ignore me. And then that's how it turned into a fight. And, you know, by the way, that's I mean, out of 100 times, you might have do, you might do that once right yeah or, or else i would address it what's that
0: it's not like i'm doing that constantly when you're cutting and like ignoring
1: you no because then we would be talking about it a lot more
0: right,
1: right. yeah let's Those do cycles. something let's do something different tonight as we end okay and i think we should this you know um so anyone listening this whole thing we're doing is experimental um on purpose which is you know we're having fun with it um but also uh you know, at the end of the day, we are trying to create a dialogue to help others. That's, without that, there's no point in doing this. But um, maybe from here on out, because we're only on episode two, maybe at the end, we say our revelations instead of going into our confessionals and doing our own revelations. Or no, do you not like that?
0: I mean, we can try it. Sometimes I'm a slow processor, so sometimes it takes me a little while to realize what my revelation is, but we could try
1: what kind of answer is that? (laughs) You know that I'm a slow processor. Oh my gosh, pick a lane. Well, you, if you feel like you can authentically um, be more yourself without me listening, because that's a huge factor, then yeah, you should do your revelation on your own. If you think you would say whatever you're thinking. So it has nothing to do with me in the room. It has more to do with time. You're saying you just need more time.
0: Yeah, that's just how I'm wired, but it's fine. Let's do it. Let's, do it. Let's, see what, let's see what comes up. Also, I'm sitting here staring at a giant spider on the wall. I'm in the garage for people who are listening, and I'm just eyeing it, making sure it doesn't move closer to me. Otherwise, I'm going to prematurely end this podcast.
1: When she says giant spider, we're talking about the size of an eraser head.
0: No, nope, no, nope, no. Nope. This is probably the size of like a quarter. So it's a giant spider.
1: One of the things that does match is that she's terrified of spiders. I am not. Zero. I could I could hold a, a tarantula on my shoulder, um, but I am terrified of animals and she is not. We saw a baby bobcat run across the side of our house and I froze and she went out there with the broomstick.
0: <laughs> it was the size of a house cat.
1: The I don't know why. wild animal, it's a bobcat. Okay, a bobcat.
0: <laughs> you also were scared of chickens too. You were scared of our chickens yeah, until I, like two weeks ago.
1: I'm, a, I'm afraid of animals. I'm not afraid of any insect, I'm afraid of animals
0: understand.
1: Well, I don't understand how you. Spiders of are a so spider. much
0: scarier. They're so gross, and they bite, and they can kill you.
1: Not, no, they cannot. Ninety-nine percent of spiders cannot kill you. A bobcat. I don't know if you if you Google bobcat.
0: Not the, not the size of the one that we saw. That oh, thing was literally oh the size of a house cat.
1: That thing will tear up a chicken within seconds. So well, if it's like a attack. chicken.
0: Oh,
1: it's,
0: it was the size of a house cat. That thing was not going to come at me.
1: What is your revelation for this episode, please? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um my revelation is that I actually do want to start maybe like bi monthly. I would like to start seeing somebody and I don't want it to come out of necessity. I want it to come from a good place um, of wanting a third party to be there as we work through some of the things that we want to work through.
1: Ah.
0: And I don't want it to come out of we're in a bad place, we need somebody.
1: Dang it! Hey, this podcast has kicked me in the ass. It has backfired on me <laughs> because now, because of these honest conversations, now uh, we're in couple. We're going to go to couples again. Basically. Oh my
0: god! You turn everything into content. You're just going to come out of couple sessions making content out of it. So you know it's good for you. Just do it.
1: Okay, so I'm not going to say anything about your revelation because it's your revelation. Okay, so that's your revelation is that we need uh, maintenance or we you need-
0: you already said something about our revelation, but keep going
1: okay no continue so what else No, no,
0: that was it that was our revelation.
1: so I um, I'm not opposed to that I think that's great Um, let's do it well you pick you pick your person and we'll do it via via zoom Um, my revelation is that and I think this is just in general um, a lot of the stuff that happens in relationships underneath especially patterns like the one that we're talking about um, isn't completely gone because it hasn't uh, reared its head meaning like a whale that holds his breath and goes underwater for a long time it's just on their way it's still there you know and so um yeah and 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 there's a part of me that's very defensive and 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 you know is trying to prove to you that it's not there and that it's been been better um but that's not your i can't speak for you because that's not, that's um not your truth right and like you said we see the world differently. We experience everything differently, of course, um, through our own lenses. Um, but I guess it's just a reminder. My revelation is it's a reminder that that's, that's still something that we, that's possibly there that we are, um, have to w- work on even though it's not there strong enough to cause us uh, you know, into fights or anything. Right,
0: yeah, which is why my revelation Stands, because I think it's important that we talk about things before they're actually problems.
1: Yeah. Okay. I love you. I love you. Bye. I'll see you in two seconds.